main point that you can't out God's grace and your forgiveness. See, I'm going to explain that now, but I want to throw it up there so you guys can have it in your thoughts. See, I'm going to tell a story about my life and then we will jump into the passage. So, yeah, without further ado, so I, again, also bear with me. I talk really fast. I find myself just getting lost in a lot of tangents. So if I do, please someone say something because I find myself doing that a lot. So yeah, so today I'm going to explain a story. Today, so gosh, man, here I am now. A little, I'm a little nervous. This is the second time I'm ever preaching. So, um, so in this story, so I, I, I do recommend do not listen to what I did. This is something that I do regret and you will see why. So I'm going to take us back. We're going to take a little flashback into my junior year of high school. See, this is now you're an upperclassman now. I know we have some senior juniors over there. We don't have a lot of seniors. There are juniors back there. They understand. I went to Jamestown, Fly Eagles. I, I really enjoyed Jamestown. It was a great school. So I was now an upperclassman. This is junior year. So in that, I had swam my whole career. So I swam. I, start, I, I moved here and I started swimming year-round, similar to around the time I moved here when I was like eight. And so then I started swimming at Jamestown. So I swam freshman year, sophomore year. We won states. I got to, I got to enjoy states, like swam at finals. It was so cool. It was such an insane experience for someone um, at that time. And so junior year, I was super excited, uh, jumped back in, got really, had a lot of fun, qualified for states again, but I skipped states to go on the middle school ski trip. So my, my coach didn't, wasn't really excited about that, and she still probably doesn't like me to this day, but who knows, it's been a while. I graduated in 2018, by the way. So in that, that being said, um, I skipped the ski trip, and so then it was this awkward situation, and I didn't know if I wanted to do swim. So now let's look, let's look, actually, here. So let's jump. Now this is second semester of junior year, and I started feeling something called senioritis. So for those who don't know what senioritis is, it's basically like, as a senior in high school, I wasn't a senior at the time, but as a senior, you basically feel like you've done it all, so you don't really want to put in the effort to do anything. So I, I felt like, oh man, like I'm a junior, second semester now, I'm almost going to be a senior. I didn't feel like I wanted to put a lot of effort in anything, so I started, this is what I was talking about, I started skipping school. But I would, so I would go to school in the first two classes because I enjoyed those two classes. But I realized that if I got my homework done and I got all my work done, that I can leave school early and still get the grades. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I thought that I could just do whatever I want in my own time, could go home, go to like, I could go out to lunch with my friends that aren't in school. Like I could do all these things. Like I, I was not stuck to the classrooms in the, in the school. So that's what I was saying. I do not recommend doing what I just said. Because, one, you, you'll see why. One, because it's bad, and two, you'll see why. And so now we are going to jump, and we're going to fast forward to my senior year. So senior year comes around, great summer, excited, swim is here. I have now, this is, this is senior year of swim, so you can become a captain on the team. You can put that on your resume. It looks good for colleges. Like, it's a lot of fun. You've done it for four years now. So, like, all, all I mean, you're with your friends. Like, there's such a community you've built. You've, like, the coach. Like, oh, it's just so great. So I'm so excited. Senior year, swim. So I, I, get, I get voted as a captain. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is incredible. Like all these things. And then one morning, I remember it vividly. It was, a, it was in the fall one because swimming is winter to fall. But I remember I was in my lifetime fitness class. It was my early class. So I'd gotten, I'd gotten done with swimming. I was so tired. I was like, oh, like what? I didn't even like anything wasn't even truly going through my mind. That's why I loved having lifetime fitness as my first class. Because all you did was just mess around and have fun. Miss Springsfield, great teacher at Jamestown for those don't, who don't know. But in that, in, in that frame, she got a call, and the call, call was from the athletic director of the school. And so I'm like, 
And then she's like, oh, Brett, the athletic director wants you to come to the school. I mean, come to his office. And so I'm like, why would he want me to the office? I'm like, oh, whatever. Maybe, maybe he's giving me like a certificate. It's like, oh, you're a captain now. Like you've done it for four years. Like I didn't know anything. I was like, oh, this is sweet. Like what is he going to do? He sits me down. He introduces his name. And he, um, and he, and he tells me, he says, he goes, hey, like I, you missed, were you, were you sick? Like were you really sick second semester junior year? And me not thinking about it because I had gone through the summer, me like just thinking like all these things. I was like, no, like I wasn't, one, because I actually wasn't sick. And two, because I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? I wasn't sick. And he goes, then why did you miss so much school? And then I was like, oh my gosh, I realized like, it was because I was skipping classes and I thought that I could do these things. And so he then explains all these things about how, how, that there was like, you're, I'm athletically ineligible because you need to hit a certain amount of days. So like you have to be at three or four of your classes to swim at meets or swim at practices. And I wasn't doing that. And it's like this weird thing where they take, and all, all that to say is he told me that I could not swim because of my rebellious, like I thought I could do whatever I want in my time. And I could do, I could hang out with my friends out of school like that weren't in school or I could, I could go to lunch, I could do whatever I want. And all because I did that, I could not swim. So I literally was basically kicked off the team. I was stunned. I was like, what? Like, I thought I, I, thought I could do it all, but I couldn't. I thought I could do it in my own time, but I couldn't. And so that was just such a heartbreaking thing to me. And so now, with that being said, we are going to jump into the passage. And so we're reading Luke 15, verse 11 to 16. So if you guys have your Bibles, you have your apps, it will also be on the screen above me, the two screens above me. And so that says, this is what the passage says. There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And, and he did, as he said, he, he, he divided his properties between them. Not many days later, his younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far land. And there he squandered his property in his reckless living. He, and it squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him to feed pigs. And he, longed, he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. So let's recap that for a second. So a man, a, son, a, man, he has, a man has two sons. The one son says, hey, dad, I, I, I kind of want the, the inheritance that you're going to give me when you pass away. But I want it now. See, when I, when I was looking into this, that is something that you could do. Like you could ask for your inheritance prior. But it really, like you're, you're basically telling your dad, hey, dad, I wish you were dead. Like I, I wish you were, like, I, I wish you were dead. Like I, you're basically sever that connection with the father. First point. Oh, wait, 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 go back. That's, we're going to get there. Don't worry. We're going to get there, guys. It's going to be crazy. So my first point. See, sin separates us from the father. See, we see in this passage the son literally separates himself from the father. He, he, he pulls himself away. He said, hey, dad, I don't really want to worry about you. I don't want to worry about this. Like, I want to do things on my own terms. Like me, I want to do, do whatever I want on my own terms and not worry about any consequences. See, that sin separates us from the father. It pulls us away. It disconnects us. And that is, is a terrible point. See, the other thing that sin does is it leads us into, in the pursuit of materialistic status. See, we see in this son, see, he divides the son, after the dad, it says, 
He divided his property between them. Not many days later, the son gathered all he took and took a journey into a far country. So he left. He left. He, he just separated himself from his father. And he squandered his property in reckless living. See, when I was looking to this, he spent it on bad stuff. Like, just not even just, but bad stuff. Like, on materialistic things. This. He chased this thing. See, sin leads us into, into pursuit of materialistic status. See, Max talked about it a few weeks ago. How we crave these materialistic things. We crave this desire for like a PS5 or something better or something bigger. And, and we want that. And I feel like we chase that freedom. We think that that is what it wants. See, he thought that he would find himself. But in reality, he ended up losing himself. See, we find, we see that in this passage that he spent everything. And the thing, see, this is the biggest point. Is the materialistic things don't last. See, we see this son. He runs out of this, this reckless living. He runs out of a famine hits. It runs dry. There is nothing left. He doesn't have these temporary satisfactions to, to sit on and to grab on. And to, he doesn't have those anymore. They're gone. He is empty. There's nothing left. And he has to then, he, then, this is what's crazy. He literally sells himself to a citizen of the country in order to survive. He literally was so, he was so lost and so empty and didn't have anything. He was hungry and full that he literally said, hey, I, I, need to, I need to find a way to survive or I'm going to die. And he says, I, the only way is to, to sell myself to a citizen and, and feed pigs for a living. Who wants to feed pigs for a living? I know I don't want to be, feed pigs for a living. I see Wyatt raise his hand. There's no way he wants to feed pigs for a living. A few, see, that's crazy. But I think what's even interesting about this is how sin promises freedom, but it really only brings despair. See, we see, like I said, and I've reiterated a few times now, that like, this, this son chased this freedom. He thought that if he got away from the father, he thought that if he, he se- separated himself from everything and he, and he chased these materialistic things, that it, will, that it would lead him to true freedom. But in reality, it, all it did was bring him to despair. You see him, it literally says, and this is the point, that's what, what you guys saw, the picture, was he literally was longing to be fed with the pogs, pods the pigs ate. Would you guys want to eat that? Because I know I would not want to eat that. That is disgusting. It looks crazy. But that's, he was longing. He wanted that. He was so hungry. He was so lost that that's what he wanted. He wanted that. And, and to me, that's just, oh my gosh. So, so my, my big thing is like, see how, oh, actually, see, sorry, I'm really lost right now. See, sin, the thing about sin is it, it depletes us. Like Pastor Trav talked about how it depletes us it, de- it damages us, it de- deceives us, and it destroys us. It, it ultimately s- disconnects us spiritually from God. And we see that in this relationship with his father and himself. He is completely lost. He is completely empty. He has nothing. See, what the, my big question is, so what do we do when we find ourselves in despair? What do we do? See, see the passage perfectly does. Let's pick up in the passage. See, we find... Here, it says in verse 17 through 21, it says, But when he came to himself and he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I will perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as your own hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while, his, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. And he ran and embraced him. He kissed him and he said to his son, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Wow. That's, wow. I I mean, that is the true point of repentance. I don't actually think I said my first point, but the son rebelled. He rebelled. There was rebellion in that. Can I get my, my next slide? See, 
Well, there you go. There's rebellion. See, there in the three points that I said for it is rebellion. The son rebelled against the father. He rebelled like I did. He, I rebelled from the law. I rebelled from, I thought I could do what I wanted in my own time. But in reality, I couldn't do that. See, now we find the son in repentance. See, my biggest thing, and I think this is something that I, I struggle with today, and I think everyone should struggle, or it does struggle, is how sin doesn't define us. So the one thing that the son, I think, gets wrong is he, is he, he thinks that his actions and his his, his, like, thing, the sin that he has created was what he, who his identity is. See, we associate this behavior that we've done that I'm a sinner or I'm, I'm a, I've, I've cheated in school or I'm a, I skip or I'm, I have angry, I have anger issues. So I'm an angry person. I have all these things. See, that's not who we are. That's, that's these behaviors that we associate ourselves. See, he says, I'm unworthy to be called your son. He's, he's saying that he's not worthy and to be called, he's associating his sin with his identity, and God tells us not, it's not true. I think that it's, I, I mean, I find myself doing that all the time. Like, oh, I'm just an angry person, and that's not true. I'm not an angry person. I, I find myself sinning in these points, and in reality, I, that's not my identity. See, I think in this passage, vulnerability leads to rescuing. We see in this moment, the son repents. He realizes his wrong. He is at a point of, I can't live like this. I'm going to die. I'm going to starve. He goes, how many of my father's hired servants have enough, more than enough bread? And I perish here for hunger. He realizes how good he had it with the father. He realizes all these things. He says, I will arise. And he, re- he acknowledges his sins. There's such, a, there's such a big aspect of acknowledgement there. In repentance, there's such a, a sense of acknowledgement that we need to acknowledge our sins. See, he realizes it and he says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. He says, this is what I'm going to say to my father because I'm no longer worthy. And I think in that, there, it is so hard to be vulnerable. I find myself all the time being like, it's, I mean, it's so hard to be like, I'm in the wrong. I struggle with that all the time. I say, I've sinned and I'm in the wrong. The, the sins that I have, it's so hard to say those things. And so it's just, just such a, there's such a sense of vulnerability in the, the rescuing. And I think I love this so much is the, the dad ran and embraced and kissed him. See, God runs and embraces and, and, and meets us where we are in these, in these darkness. When we repent from our rebellious nature, when we repent from our rebellion, that is then when God meets us there. And that's such a true statement because the dad literally does. He meets him where he was and he felt compassion. And, and, and what's so great about this is I feel like when we look at the passages that Nick talked about last week, we see the parable of the sheep. And I think what I love about this was the sheep was willing to be found. The sheep was lost and he acknowledged that he was found. See, the sheep allows himself to be put on the shepherd's shoulders. See, like, look at this picture. That, I mean, what kind of sheep? Okay, this is crazy to me. I realized an, the average sheep weighs either over 99 to 350 pounds. Isn't that massive? So the shepherd, not only that, but God is willing to carry us and leave the 99. He's willing to leave the 99 to carry a sheep that could be 300 pounds. But I think what's so great about this scenario and what's so great about this parable of the shepherd, though, um, is the willingness to be carried. It's so hard for me to be vulnerable. It's so hard for us to acknowledge and be vulnerable in our sins. And I just, I feel like that's such an important part of that. Like vulnerability leads to rescuing. We see the son finally be vulnerable enough and embrace and acknowledge his sins and then truly repent. Repentance ultimately leads to renewal. See, we find this, that when in this moment, the son, the son is truly, finds himself truly 
like astonished. He's the, why would the dad run after him and embrace him? He, he is redeemed in, in the father's eyes. The father's excited. Repentance ultimately leads to renewal. See, when we, we, we repent from our rebellion, we find ourselves in an, a sense of renewal. Because when we turn away from our sins, we are truly redeemed. Because in, in, in actualness, like we can't outsin God's forgiveness and grace. Like we literally cannot. It is impossible for us. See, and I'll get to that in my next points. Um, but I think that's just such an important thing to hear. Um, now, as we get into this renewal, this point of renewal, we'll pull up the passage. And, and, and this is what the father says. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. I, oh my gosh, what kind of dad is, is willing to sit there and after what he did, he basically said, hey dad, I, I want you dead and give me the things that you were already going to give me when you are dead. And then he's embracing him. I think the one thing that I love about this passage and this scenario right here is how the father doesn't even acknowledge the son's sins. Jesus doesn't acknowledge our sins. He, he meets us in them. And I think that is such a cool thing because what, what it is, is is we are renewed in the Father's eyes. See, we're renewed in the Father's eyes when we repent from our sins. The, the Son was renewed in the Father's eyes. He says, my Son was dead and he is alive. He was lost and he is found. And, and I mean, when you just that's just so cool to see. And it's such a truth in our lives. I think another thing that's so cool is how the dad is just rejoicing without hesitation. There we are. <laughs> um, in that, like, the, the dad doesn't, he, the dad's like, let us, let's put the best robe on him. I mean, he's probably, like, muddy. He's probably, like, like famished. Like, you know, who knows? He's been traveling from a far country. He's been doing all these things. Like, he is clearly not in the shape to wear the best robe the father has or the shoes or the ring. He doesn't deserve any of this thing. And that's what's so cool about this is the dad does not, like, without any hesitation, is rejoicing that his son is back. And that's what God does for us. See, when we turn and we align ourselves with God, is it, it, he, he comes and he runs towards us. My favorite thing, and I, I forgot to say it in the repentance part, but repentance in Hebrew means to return. See, when we return, it's like this 180. And in, in Greek, it means to change our mind. When we change our mind and we return to God, it's just so cool because it, God embraces us and rejoices in that. And he doesn't see us. See, God has these, like, I call them God shaders. See, God doesn't see our sin. He doesn't look at us from our sin. He looks at us from the perfect creations that he made. It says God created us in his perfect image. We are all created perfect. Yes, we live in a fallen world. Yes, we are sinners. But in that, we are redeemed and loved and renewed through God and through repentance. See, I think what is so incredible about this is that it ends with Jesus on the cross. See, Jesus, God sent his own son to die on the cross for our sins. He sent his own, his one and only son to die on the cross of our sins. It has already been finished, it says. God, our sins are already covered. We just need to acknowledge and repent them when we find ourselves in those rebellious nature. Because I think the thing that is so important in this, in this part, 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 I mean, passage and my story is that there's, there's this sense of that, like, I did this, I want to do this, me, me, me. And in that, we find ourselves disconnected from God. See, but Jesus, and then in that, we have this repentance. And we, when we repent our sins, then we are then renewed in his eyes. And Jesus then comes running. See, in that, there's this cycle, I feel like, and this is, I think, something that we always will go through. I think there's this cycle of rebellion, repentance, 
and renewal. See, God has already forgiven our sins, but to, we have to find ourselves. We have to be like the sheep in that seven. We have to be like the son and acknowledge the fact that we are lost and we are at rock bottom and we have made mistakes in order for us to be renewed and redeemed. And I think that is such an important part because when we, when we are going through sin, we need to acknowledge it and, that, and know that God's love and grace, like we cannot out God's love and grace. Because when I look at my story, I struggled. When, when I got kicked off that team, I struggled. I stopped going. I stopped leading small groups. I stopped doing these things. And I blamed it on God. I said, God, why would you do this to me? This is like supposed to be my year. This is supposed to be when I had so much fun. This is supposed to be all these things. And in that, I, I, I realized that it, all it did was bring me to a farther place. It depleted me and emptied me. It made me feel so bad and in such a depressed and isolated place. But until I finally acknowledged the, the fact that it was my wrongings and it was me doing the, my wrongs, that is then when I realized and I was renewed in God's eyes. And I think what's so great about this is God opened doors in my life in my, through my, the, my falters and my, my failures. Because, because I didn't swim, I ended up being able to do the mentorship here at the chapel and that was one of the biggest places where I felt God pull me into the direction of ministry. I felt God use me and grow me and, and, and to, be, to, to be where I am right now. Um, and I think that is just such a cool thing that even in our sins, God still is there. And even in that, like his hands are out there. See, we can't out-sin God's grace and love. And, and I think that's just this story right here. Like with the son, a son that is so lost in his own head and lost in the fact that we chase these freedoms and we chase those things and realizing that then there's that, that redemption, that, that re redemption in that sense that the son realizes that this is not what it's about. This, this isn't good and this is bad. It, I, he hates us. He's starving. He's lost and is found when he repents and is renewed in God's eyes. See, we can't, we can't out-sin God's grace. His grace overcomes all. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's what I have for you guys today. I would love to pray you guys out, and then Alana's going to come up and go into small groups. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just I thank you for this, this time that we can talk and, and sing with you. Lord, I pray that in these moments of rebellion, Lord, that we can acknowledge and be vulnerable, Lord, and acknowledge our wrongs, Lord, and repent our sins. I know that it's not an easy thing, Lord, struggling for someone who struggles with pride and self-righteousness, Lord. I know that this is something that, that we can all struggle with, Lord. I pray that in this repentance, Lord, that we can be renewed and we are already renewed in your eyes, Lord. And Lord... Your, you, we cannot out-sin your grace. Your grace covers us and your forgiveness is already happened. We are sinners, but we are forgiven through your death. Lord, I hope that in small groups we can have great conversations and great discussions. And I pray that in your holy and precious name, amen. <laughs>